friends of Church of the Geek for another episode. Uh, it is, oh, we're sitting here at the very beginning of March, the first Sunday in Lent, as a matter of fact, uh, for those of you following that liturgical calendar, uh, sitting here in the, well, deceptive uh, winter mode. Uh, Sam, uh, have you been... Um, both frigid and too warm at the same time <laughs> pretty much every day it's been like this this week so very much so um we're we're not sure if we're past the uh the fall spring as we're not sure if it's because none of us are 100 percent sure we've had winter yet i so. i feel like we're the i feel like we're the equivalent of hobbits sure we've had first winter but what about second um <laughs> actually we didn't even really have first winter this year it's yeah, it, uh, it's been fairly mild. It's been fairly mild. It got a little bit cold, and then it got warm again for a long time. Then it got cold, and then it got warm again for a long time. So, yeah, it's been this has been a wacko winter. Yeah. Well, uh, Sam, I'm very excited tonight. We have um, with us the uh, creator of a new comic that will be coming out later this year. Uh, with us today is Dr. Baron Bell. Uh, Dr. Bell, welcome to Church hey. of the Geek. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you Glad for you. Um, yeah, and thank you for uh, kind of uh, seeking us out in this. I thought that was really uh, it was great to um, you know see your work and see this project kind of coming to life, and appreciate you uh, letting us know about it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a blessing. Um, you know, when you are uh, working during your day and you're looking for something to listen to, uh, you know, I'm searching my my podcast and I'm like. I wish there was something for Christian geeks. <laughs> and so then I kind of put in it uh, in the search bar and you guys came up. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know this was out here. And so uh listened to a couple of episodes and I'm like, oh man, you guys are speaking my language. <laughs> so oh, awesome. it, it was, awesome. a, it was awesome. a no brainer. I'm doing a comic and I want to talk about it. So uh, you guys were first on my list. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I, that's, we really appreciate that. You guys, Makes got us the, feel... you guys got the scoop. <laughs> wow. Outstanding. <laughs> Suddenly important. Yes. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, uh, Sam. But we feel good. <laughs> we might not be important, but we, we feel really good. So. Yes. Well, God loves you. Well, well that's, that's, really that's true. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. That's the important part. Exactly. Hey, before before we get started, Sam, I just want I wanted to say um, – I think I, I think someone other than uh, Dr. Bell has been listening to our podcast because I just read an article that uh, Tom Holland is uh, was reportedly or reportedly said that he had he had had conversations about doing a remake or reboot of Back to the Future, and yeah. Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, those the guys who did the movie wrote and, and directed and all um, have come out and say, look, we own the rights. Uh, no, no remake or reboot is going to be made until we're dead. So we're not going to let it happen. I like that. They have come fully on the, a wholly unnecessary remake. I think they even listen to our podcast. We're, we're, we're there there can time. be, there can be no other explanation for that. <laughs> You guys are so they're important. sitting in their Hollywood mansions and perusing their podcasts and then, you know, hear us and you're like, you know what? Maybe this isn't a good idea. Exactly. 
That's that's what exactly. Yes, exactly. So anyway, sorry, I just thought uh, he listened. uh, Doctor Bell's listened to our stuff. Suddenly, other people have listened to our stuff because clearly. That's right on. You guys are so, so important. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are so important. So, no, but uh, uh, Dr. Bell is with us because um, for those of you, I, I saw the, some of the Twitter material, uh, some samples, some artwork came out on Twitter. And then, um, I don't know, uh, shortly after that, we, uh, uh, we, we connected. But um, – so, we, uh, Dr. Bell, you are the uh, creator of the new uh, soon-to-be-released co- – well, soon, within a few months, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, of, uh, of Dominion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we have – I'm sorry. We haven't even um, – yeah, can, uh, can you tell us what, we, what you do? Oh. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Well, as you can tell by, by my, my title, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professor. I'm Dr. Bell. Uh, I am a professor of art uh, and um, design for Liberty University and also for George Fox University, two great Christian schools. Um, Liberty is uh, my uh, virtual job, I guess you can say. I do online education for them, uh, course uh, development, and uh, you know, I also uh, lead a team of professors all over the country, um, just uh, making sure that they know what they're doing, and, um, and I also teach for them. And then I also teach physically at George Fox University. I teach um, uh, art over there. I run their comic book club, as well as uh, teaching, you know, all sorts of art and design classes. Great, that's really so, cool. So now, now, and one of the things that really kind of connected, you know, with me was precisely the artwork. I'm, I, I may have mentioned before on here a while, like a long time ago, how if you know it related to comics if the artwork grabs me then i will like the book but if if it could have the book could have a tremendous story if the if the artwork is lousy i'm i'm just not into it um and the artwork that you that i've seen the the sketches and even some of the sample pages that you've sent us have been you know really i've been impressive now are you doing the artwork I do everything <laughs> at Whoa. this moment. At this moment, um, I, I'm uh, because I do so much as far as my work life. I really don't have a lot of time to devote to Dominion. Uh, I do it as much as I possibly can. I'm sure my publisher would want me to do more. Um, we're hoping to expand our our little core team um, to get uh, you know other artists uh, to help out as much as possible. But yeah, for now, uh, I do everything. How uh, who else is on the team then? How many, how um, big is your team? Well, at the moment, my team is myself. I'm bringing on um, a uh, a few more artists to help with um, inks and coloring um, because my forte is pencil and script writing. Um, but I, out of necessity, initially, I did. I'm doing everything, but you know, hopefully, moving towards uh, finalizing the book, we can kind of uh, update the style a little bit with uh, some some new artists can supplement the you know where i am a little bit uh less strong weaker and and uh, yeah i think it'll be uh, a cool team about two more people uh and then um you know i have my publisher who is kind of like the editor-in-chief his name is mark stancil uh for terminus media in atlanta georgia okay yeah i was just going to ask who the publisher was Mm -hmm. and and this isn't your first comic 
No, no. I've been in this game for years. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, kind of, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, no, you know, when you see someone who actually, you know, uh, becomes successful, it never is an overnight success. It's a long time of just grinding. And uh, mm -hmm. that's really what I've been doing for years. Uh, my very first comic was called Cobalt Warrior Angel. Uh, that came out in 2001. Uh, you may be able to find it in a long box somewhere <laughs> in, okay. in New York City or whatever. But uh, that was my first published book. And then um, more recently, back in 2010, um, I published a book called Radio Free America. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, that uh, was slightly more successful, but uh, still kind of considered indie. Uh, and then after that, um, that's when I... I was just kind of working on some anthologies with uh, a lot of other artists until, um, you know, God kind of downloaded Dominion into me. So that's okay. what my, my latest project is right now. Very cool. That's so, really and, awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think I, I saw a bit about um, some of your, your art on, uh, I believe it was uh, your, your website or, or somewhere. And you're also, um, are you currently working on a, uh, a graphic novel on Frederick Douglass? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget that? Yeah. Well, that, that, I think the reason why I forgot is because it's kind of like the, the project that would never end. <laughs> I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm working with another artist and it, it uh, seems to take much longer than I anticipated, but we're still in the process of, of trying to finalize things. And so probably by the end of this year, uh, the Frederick Douglass project, it's called the North Star, the Emancipation of Frederick Douglass. And okay. uh, I'm working on it with another artist. His name is Coy Turnbull. And uh, Coy is a phenomenal artist. He did work with DC, Marvel, uh, most, most recently Valiant uh, Comics. Um, he actually was one of the artists on um, the comic Fathom, uh, Michael Turner's Fathom. Um, came out some time back. And so uh, trying to work with his schedule and my schedule makes things kind of a little murky. And so uh, I think Dominion will be done way before the North Star. <laughs> but uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, but it, it's uh, yeah, because of the allocation of resources and time and stuff like that, you know, things happen. So, but it'll, yes, but thank you for uh, bringing that up because that is a very, very, very solid project. Uh, uh, endorsed by uh, the three times great grandson of Frederick Douglass. Oh, wow. And uh, it's a graphic novelization of uh, a small portion of his life. Uh, and uh, it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be extremely proud of when, when we get finished. Cool. That Great. is, uh, I, uh, I, I have uh, taken a little more shine to some more of uh, biographical type graphic novels of moving out of uh, all of the superhero stuff so oh, yeah not completely but it's great to see the way uh, art can uh, tell those stories in ways that prose or film cannot so. it, it helps the uh, younger generation access um, very um, solid uh, very mature topics and subject matter uh, slavery is a really hard really really hard pill to swallow and so in order to make it a little bit more accessible, uh, creating um, adapted narrative to the um, already established work really, really does help to uh, uh, bring it to the next generation in a more contemporary fashion. Great. So, um, so now tell us about, uh, I mean, 
Brian and I obviously know a little bit about about Dominion. Uh, share us, share with us and our listeners about uh, what Dominion is and uh, sure. kind of what you know what led you to to do that particular story in the particular way that you're doing it. Because I think Absolutely. that's really interesting as well. Uh, Dominion. Well, the full name is a Dominion Fall of the House of Saul. Um, it is a sci-fi biblical allegory inspired by the book of First Samuel. Um, and uh, it's, oh my gosh, how can I explain this? Um, it, <laughs> it is basically um, Star Wars meets the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. It literally is a sci-fi fantasy extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, it's an, well, and that's it's, what we've uh, seen in, in the artwork is... Uh... That it's it's very much set in uh, a world with uh, with talking creatures as the main protagonists and characters in the story, mm-hmm. uh, with you know spaceships and uh, sort of a space fantasy vibe feel you know to it as well. Yeah, I mean, if you if you like, um, well, Star Wars is a great example, but also uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. Uh, I've seen people say, oh, yeah, it reminds me of Dune. Yeah, absolutely, because I've drawn some um, inspiration from um, great sci-fi of the past. And, and uh, yeah, so you will see elements of of high science fiction, but you'll also see castles and you'll see swords and you'll see, you know, all sorts of armor. But my armor is mech armor. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, yeah. uh, it, it's, but, but the thing uh, that makes it very interesting is that the fact that yes you do have these characters but they are derived from these real people that we see in the bible uh and so you see the lions are the kings and they're represented uh they represent the davidic lineage eventual davidic lineage and the kingly lineage of of israel uh you have samuel is a crow and the crows are the, the priests and Samuel is the high priest. Um, you'll have all sorts of different animals. You have the Philistines, which are reptiles, <laughs> you know, and and uh, they they will be eventually showing up in the story, too, in their different ways. So I wanted to um, use anthropomorphic characters to embody these historical figures, because uh, there's something about animals that initially are just benign. Um, universal. Uh, you can you can speak a lot of truth through animals. As a matter of fact, I was reading an article about how C.S. Lewis used um, animals in the Chronicles of Narnia to communicate biblical truth, and so mm-hmm. that kind of was uh, was my was my angle because I could have easily um, written did a, a remake of the story of First Samuel using people and using the same time period and era. And all that, but I kind of figured that's already been done. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what hasn't been done yet? And what what uh, drives me? What where are my passions? And uh, my passion is for sci-fi and fantasy. And I'm a big geek. And I know that there's tons of people like me out there, like you guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who would readily gravitate towards something like this. And and the people who uh, would never read a Bible, they would never pick up a Bible, but they'll pick up Dominion. And mm-hmm. maybe they'll have questions. Maybe they'll say, well, this is, this says it's based on something that comes from the Bible. What is that about? And if I can have them answering or asking those questions, then my mission is accomplished. Mm-hmm. So what's your overall 
what and, and you kind of spoke to this, but maybe just you know say a little more about it is is your overall goal uh to use this medium to get people that wouldn't or you know ordinarily be interested in one reading the Bible or be interested in you know anything to do with with faith or um you know who who is your your target audience i guess um simple answer yes yeah. <laughs> um, simple answer yes um that is my main, goal. My, my main my main goal, my main my main goal is to to get people reading the bible um that's that's what god put on my heart um and uh you know i mean i i've been you know doing comics for a long time and uh i think god said you know you need to uh, put your time talents and treasure where it really needs to go this is significant and so i said okay god i'm going to give you my best my my best time my best talent my best treasure i'm going to put it on the altar and you're going to use it for whatever you want to use it for and so yeah i absolutely my main audience is for is um uh initially christians but uh, definitely seeker sensitive uh, individuals or even just nerds who like space and <laughs> sci-fi and stuff those people will pick up the book and uh, some people won't even get the parallels that's okay but a lot of people will get the parallels and uh you know like i said if i get one person answer uh, asking a question as far as what is this really about then my mission is definitely accomplished i think that's a really good way to enter into some stories i think my uh daughter uh, uh actually all of my kids have uh, found a copy of the the action bible that i had oh, laying nice. around yeah and uh yeah my, <laughs> you know i'll read a story to my daughter and then she'll be ready to go to bed and she'll be like daddy can i read some more can i Aww. read some of the action can i read some more of the action bible <laughs> like sweet. and like what am i supposed to say at that point like no no <laughs> No, okay, I will admit, well, sometimes I do because it's maybe 10 o'clock and she needs, you know, she's a nine and she needs to get to bed. But, um, okay, sometimes, but, you know, uh, no, I think it is interesting watching folks um, navigate those waters. Like, I'll read anything, in, uh, Christian or non-Christian or whatever, mm -hmm. if it's an interesting story yeah. told in a good way, Yeah. great. Um that really hits my button. So yeah. um, I think if Dominion is done, uh, biblical or not, if folks are interested. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the folks will pick it up and read it. So that's yeah, great. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, initially this is a, just a good story. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is inspired. It, you know, it has its inspiration from the Bible from first Samuel. Um, but, but it's just a good story. I mean, I am not taking word for word from the Bible. It, uh, I am, taking the fundamental themes, some some word for word uh, things that happen, but primarily this is a story about a father and a son, uh, Saul and his son, Jonathan. And they're very extremely complicated relationship. Yeah. Uh, Paul is a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Saul is a narcissist. Um, his son is noble. Um, and uh, they have to navigate this upcoming invasion uh, without their primary asset, which is the bio, which which is God, uh, the Almighty, uh, which is what we call him in Dominion, the Almighty. Uh, because yeah. when we when we first meet Saul, 
this is the moment right after uh, Samuel rips, tells him that the kingdom is ripped from him. Uh, and he initially doesn't believe it. Uh, he still thinks that he has the favor of the Almighty, and he still is operating in that mindset. But will soon come soon come to realize that it's true. <laughs> you don't have the uh, the favor anymore, and that's uh, it's going to manifest itself in great loss. Um, and so, but in the midst of that is a family drama between. Um, uh, Saul and Jonathan and uh, Michael and uh, the Queen Ahenon. And, uh, you know, it's this family drama with, within this uh, sci-fi context. So of all, the, of all the stories in the Bible, though, why, why this one? Is it really because it had meat there among, amongst the family drama as well as, as scriptural stuff? Or Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a Bible scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but I've read a lot of the Bible. And I had to think, well, if I were first coming into the Bible, what would grip me as just a straight noob? <laughs> and it's always been this this kind of kingdom building aspect um we see it in game of thrones game of thrones is a perfect parallel to the, the story of first samuel it literally is and so you know this is something that is so exciting and you know if we were to be a fly on the wall of the event these events we would see a very brutal time in our history and so um being able to depict that seems to be a great jumping on point for for anyone who's brand new to the Bible. So one of the things that I think is very interesting whenever you're doing a, a project like this, where, you know, the source material is material that is well-known and well-regarded and really something that many people would consider, you know, untouchable. And what kind of artistic choices do you take whenever you are doing a story like this regarding, I mean, there's so many decisions that have to be made regarding not just how close you come to the text and mm -hmm. do you read, you know, do you go word by word, but then also are the, what are the choices that you make regarding how the characters are, are portrayed? Even just, you know, you spoke already about, the lions as part of as signifying uh the davidic line you know there's so many choices and, and things that come into play whenever you 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 do a story like this yeah i mean so it's that's a very good question and and to be honest um i i try not to think so much i try not to think so hard about that um i i, I do want to um be respectful of course of the source material um, but at the same time, it really is about telling a good story. So mm. the thing I do is I, I take out the major themes um, uh, from from the chapters that I'm drawing from. And so uh, because it, it would be very, very easy to get lost in the woods of, of, of storytelling if I'm trying to adhere too close to the narrative of, 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 of that particular part of scripture. So I will take the archetypes out of it of course um saul is the king but he's also a narcissist 
Um, uh, Jonathan, he's the son who seeks his father's favor, uh, and he's very noble, um, but he is always disappointed by his father. Um, so those those are archetypes that that I draw from when I build these characters, uh, and of course, you know the, the symbolic uh, themes are you, you can't escape them. The, the lion, you know, uh, it being uh, you know the the symbolic uh, you know kind of uh, progenitor of of the house of David, you know, and and, and the kingly line. You, you can't get away from some of those things. So I so mm-hmm. I do adapt those, but then I kind of you know uh, can just use artistic license for for a lot of other things. But I do have like a thread of history that I am following um, in my narrative. So I try I kind of keep okay. Am I still on that thread? Yeah, I'm on that thread. But now here's where I can kind of veer off from that in my my storytelling and in my art. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's it's great because you can doing that. I think you can make a story that is so well known uh, by people, make it in in such a way that people can approach it differently. And when and when you can approach a story like that that um, is so well known in a different way, people will see different things and they, you know, can put themselves in different characters in that way and can make a story that might feel a little old or what else could I possibly know about this story can bring out new little shadows and revelations and uh, interesting, you know, ways of putting themselves in that story. I think using, using, you know, that, that medium in, in particular, in particular. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that we we can, a good storyteller uh, writes uh, stories that people can see themselves in or at least relate to in some way. So, like I said, at the heart of this story is a family drama. You know, um, some people have had narcissistic fathers. You know, I mean, I haven't, you know, thank goodness my, my dad was awesome. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So he passed some time back, but he was awesome. But But I still wanted more of his attention. And uh, I still wanted his approval and his praise. And that's what Jonathan wants. Jonathan wants that from his dad, uh, even though he, Jonathan does these fantastic things and these fantastic feats of military brilliance. But he will he never gets the credit for it because his father is so ready to take the credit for it. And how would you feel as a son? You know, and so that's the thing. It's like we all can see in some way ourself in in good in good character and, and good storytelling mm-hmm. so what's the what is the what's the most challenging part for you i mean uh, part of me goes well you're an artist so maybe the art's easier than than the writing uh the, the storytelling side of, i mean the it's all it all contributes to the storytelling the art and the writing but is there a part that you find more challenging than the other i could also understand if like the art you want to get the art just right and maybe that makes it more challenging but what yeah. what's what side is harder or more cha- more challenging for you? I have learned um, throughout my years as an artist how to accept what I can do and what I can't do. I have to farm out to other people. Um, you know, the hardest thing for me is to is to be okay with my art, be okay <laughs> with my story, mm-hmm. and at, at a certain point, not to overthink it. 
um, and try not to be a perfectionist. So one thing I always tell my students is uh, perfectionists never meet deadlines. And so I've had to learn how to kind of pull back a little bit and say, okay, this is fine. As is, I'm going to go ahead and run with it. And so, you know, that's been the biggest challenge for me, though, because I am a perfectionist at times when it comes to my art. I want it to be perfect. I will look at something and then I will look at it two weeks later and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have done that differently. Or, or you know, I, I want to take the time to do it, but I have to meet this deadline. So I'm going to have, just have to be OK with it. Um, I am a, um, a better writer than I am a better than I am an artist, although I think my art is good. Um, I am a better penciler than I am an inker, but I'm okay with inking. Um, but I do know at some point in time, you know, I have been soliciting other artists to come help so that I can shore up that part that I feel deficient in. And that's really been the biggest thing. It's like, okay, trying to determine, okay, focus on the things that I'm good at. And then those things that I'm not, I can, I can ask for help. And that's really what it's, it's an, it's an education for myself. I'm still growing. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I think you saying that, I think there's uh, similar stuff for those of us who preach on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You, You like, not that you could ever write the perfect sermon, although maybe, um, <laughs> but, uh, at some point you got to get up in the pulpit and give it. And the time is pretty fixed. You know, every Sunday you got to have it ready. Um, and sure you might be working on it at 7am, 8am that morning, but, um, you might be working on it as you step into the pulpit, but at some point you got to give it. Absolutely. And, uh, they're not all winners and they're not, uh, uh, you can go back and go, Ooh, that one was a stinker. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But but ultimately I understand that, why I'm doing this. And just like with preaching, you understand why you're doing it. You're doing it to the glory of the Lord. You're doing it to, to, uh, to affect lives and challenge people. And, 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 you know, I don't think that God, you know, discourages you in that manner. And and he doesn't look down and he's not a, he's not a human, you know, he's not like there with his little notebook and saying, Oh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, Sam, you didn't do good. Or Brian, I, I'm, that's, you, you could have done that a little bit better, you know? So it's like, you know, as long as we, we are understanding why we're doing this, I think we need to just not be so hard on ourselves. And, and this, is, yeah. this is me talking to myself and preaching to the choir. <laughs> Try not to be so hard on myself because it can always be better. But, you know, God loves us in our effort. Well, that's just like how most sermons are pretty much written for the benefit of the pastor, even though he won't say it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, there are so many cases where, and I think especially, you know, with art and anything that you create or and make is uh, something that you want it to be as, as good as possible. But in doing so, that can also, you know, cause paralysis or fear of you know, what's this, what if this isn't good enough? What are people yeah. going to, you know, say about it? And mm-hmm. as, as long as you work on it, you could just as easily go and kind of kill it at the same time just yeah. by over analysis. Over pruning, over pruning. Yeah. Uh, my wife just got some new house plants and uh, she is kind of like a, a, a plant mom now. And so she's, <laughs> uh, I think that she, you know, she told me today before we went out on a walk, she's like, 
oh my gosh, I see some spots and I see this and that. And, and, I, and I said, I said, I said, honey, these plans were here before we were. <laughs> they, they kind of, they have kind of figured it out. And so you don't want to do too much. Uh, you, you just, you know, give them a little bit of water when they need it, show them a lot of love, give them some sunlight. And believe you me, they will thrive. They will be just fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so what's, what are some of the, the, the books, the, well, you, you mentioned some of the, the books in terms of um, uh, C.S. Lewis and Chronicles of Narnia, but what sort of uh, has been inspiring and uh, provocative to you in the way of comics? Oh my gosh, in comics. Well, you know, the thing is, I think I'm pretty uh, a pretty, you know, well-rounded comic book consumer, actually. And I know, uh, I think, Brian, you were mentioning earlier about trying to branch out from the superhero comics. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I've always been a fan of um, uh, uh, Brian Wood, um, who, who does the uh, DMZ comics. Um, he's just an amazing storyteller and his visuals are, are awesome. Um, I guess uh, you can say Ed Brubaker is another one. He's off, he's pretty amazing. Um, I've always been a fan of, you know, just different types of story. Of course. I mean, come on, man. I, I love my Jonathan Hickman with my, yeah. my house of house of X powers of X, by the way, you guys did a, an excellent job on that podcast talking oh, about ho house and powers. Uh, and and relating it to to our faith, and I must say, upon reading House of X and Powers of Ten, I gained a a, a new appreciation for the X Men and their story. Uh, and I think, of course, um, uh, seeing kind of like the 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 parallels with our our faith and how we can kind of see it and even i mean even magneto said we're we are your gods now or something like that right. in the book and I'm yeah, like, right. i mean that that page literally made me drop my job like oh my goodness he went there he he actually yep. went there and so stories like that with a kind of a multi-layered um kind of kind of scheme um and by the way if in, you, you listeners out there, if you haven't picked it up, you got to pick up House of X and Powers of Ten. Uh, if I think it's out in trade now, I do believe. But yeah. um, you know that is probably one of the most intelligent reads you're going to get. Uh, I had to go back and read that like five times. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I, yeah. what is he saying here? But but and so that's what good good comics do. Um, so yeah, um, so those are the things, you know. I mean, of course, everybody likes the Batman's and this and the Supermans and all of that other stuff, and I think that's cool. But I really do like the more cerebral, deep stories. As a matter of fact, I think Brian Wood did a um, uh, a historical uh, graphic novel about the American Revolution uh, called Rebels, which is mm -hmm. pretty pretty amazing. Uh, and so that was one of the inspirations for when I was doing the North Star. So just kind of seeing things like that absolutely helped to kind of influence me as, as a comic book writer and artist. I, uh, I find um, not that, uh, I mean, great. Uh, you get titles like house of X and powers of 10. Like you can, you can get some really great writing and stories in, uh, in superhero comics, but you kind of have to branch out a little bit from the mainstream. Those are often very, locked into particular story styles and such. 
Absolutely. You know, um, but uh, I think my eyes were opened when I first read, uh, like, Astro City. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Back, starting back in the 90s. Like, they take the they take the the superhero stories and really mm-hmm. twisted stories of the people on the ground at the time. Really, so yeah, um, you get those things. But that's that's what started me me thinking about stuff outside of just the the standard uh, superhero stuff. Um, and there's really amazing stories that get told. Um, They'll probably get too little airplay. Well, we'll know? look at um, Art Spiegelman's Mouse, which is arguably yes. one of the best um, uh, historical graphic novels I've ever read. Um, and I mean, you know, he he was able to take a concept of the Holocaust and make it relatable and even sometimes funny in a way. Not not laughing at it, but um, kind of bringing humor from the characterization of his grandfather and his relationship with his grandfather. And so yeah. those are the things, I mean, I, I do believe that the magic is in good characterization. Uh, if you can, if you can <laughs> produce really solid characters that speak to the human condition in many different ways, then I think you, you're onto something. And so, yeah, while I love the, uh, you know, the sci-fi, uh, uh, the sci-fi-ness of it all with um, spaceships and mechs and, and and laser battles and all of that stuff i think that's great but but really the heart of my my story of dominion is really about these characters it's about a father and a son and a family and what they're going through with this kind of um impending invasion and the the abdication of of the relationship with the almighty through his actions through king saul's actions uh, and so uh, eventually we're going to see the, the end result of all of that. But it, the, the thing that I'm doing with Dominion is kind of taking those, those spaces in between the verses <laughs> of, of uh, First Samuel where you can actually think, oh, man, well, you know, they moved directly on from this event. But what happened in between this time? Yeah. And then yeah. you can kind of like interpolate that into, okay, well, he would have gone home. He would have, you know, uh, uh, been brooding for several days. In in the meantime, you know, other things would happen. You know, so you know, it's me just trying to to, to take creative license to fill in some of those blanks. In no, I think that's uh, yeah. No, that that's 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 important. I think um, just copying sort of word for word or scene for scene. You know, uh, the Bible comes out of. Uh, oral tradition times right mm-hmm. and yeah. uh you know they had their own tricks for making sure things got you know told the right way the same time and that they leave gaps you mm-hmm. know and uh well some interesting stuff could happen in there so well absolutely i mean i think that you know now now there are certain points that you have to hit right. when you're telling a narrative story like the, a, a historical right. narrative right. there's certain points like there's a point where uh saw i mean samuel Tell Saul, the kingdom has been stripped from you. That's a point. So, so I will almost take that word for word and put that in Samuel's mouth. Now, after that, then we go to more creative license. But there's that one, these plot points that have to be hit. So uh, they will be hit. But how I hit them uh, and, and before and after, that's where the creative license comes in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about that when we hit uh, reboots. Like, what are the fixed points for the for the for the writer? Um, mm-hmm. And when you reboot a story or adapt it or remake it, you know, yeah. you need you need fixed points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you think are core elements, because otherwise, then it goes off in directions that take it away from the story rather than telling the story. Exactly. So you mentioned that you saw the end, like that it's going to wrap up, and clearly, First Samuel is a is a you know it's a self contained story and mm-hmm. such. I mean, you, you, I mean, there's more stuff that happens, but because it's the Bible. Um, but um, do you have a do you have a set length that you have in mind yet, or do you have it uh, sort of all outlined or sort yeah, of figured yeah. out? Is it we, we like have a, a plan? Yeah, we yeah, it's definitely going to be a series. We we have a plan on um, creating um, a 90-page graphic novel of the story of Saul, basically. So the first um, three books um, will be just that volume of Saul's story. And then, of course, after that, the second three books will be the story of David. So Mm. the first graphic novel is, is the fall of the house of Saul. And then, and that's three three 28 page floppy comics mixed into a one trade paperback and then mm-hmm. the second um uh, uh graphic novel which will be the rise of the house of david uh and then after that we will um share the story of um of, of solomon so um but it's going to still be within this kind of dominion mm-hmm. universe context um you know sci-fi epic <laughs> As it yeah, was. and it's interesting because that that is such a, oh, a really pivotal cool. story with so much um, intrigue and with the the, the whole issues of uh, of family running through all of it. You know, uh, Saul and Jonathan and um, David and uh, you know, and David and Bathsheba and David and Solomon and and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, you know, and and I understand. You know, there there is a challenge to make sure that I uh, tell the story, but in a way that is um, respectful to my audience, um, because of course this isn't um, a, a Marvel Comics situation, and and this isn't. I'm not trying to uh, objectify women. I'm not trying to objectify violence or anything like that. But I will show you know these certain things and these certain events and in a in a very tasteful manner um but uh you know if if i were to kind of uh you know, rip the band-aid off and just kind of say okay i'm just going to do this as i saw it as i see that it really happened in the bible yeah. it would be pretty brutal <laughs> you know what i'm saying but i have to kind of like some governors on on my artwork and and the things that i show so that i can um you know uh have a a christian parent say hey i i want my kid to read this because you know unlike other things out there uh, this this doesn't offend me, and so I have to really just kind of like you know d- d- have a nice balance of of ways to, to tell my story in a real honest way, but also be mm-hmm. respectful to my audience. Yeah. Has there been any flack uh, coming your way uh, because you're either a, people aren't happy that you're adapting it, or they're it's not just a straight biblical story, or any other Not reason? Not yet. 
Not yet, thank God. But but I'm sure I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> I was you, say, know, you said not yet. You said that really quickly. Like, <laughs> oh, it's gonna happen, guys. I, I guys, I I've been in this game for a long time, and I've been a Christian for a long time. And you guys <laughs> know that you know there are all all different types of Christians out there. There's all different types of people out there. And you can't please everybody, and I know that, you know. But you know, my my fallback is always going to be: this is a story. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying this is this is this is a fictitious fictitious narrative that that is inspired by the Bible, and just just lighten up and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Easier said than done, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, that's great. No, I mean, Christian or not, you, you can't please anybody. You can't please everybody all the time, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, as, as no, you, I, 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 I stand corrected. I did have a comment. My brother. <laughs> Ow. I told I told my story to my oh. brother. I told him before we started to do the artwork. And he's like, well, why does it have to be Christian? And why does it have to be the Bible? Why can't you just tell a cool story? And I said, you know, that's a valid, um, that's a valid question. But this is the story I choose to tell, and yeah. this is the way I choose to tell it. And so, whether you read it or not, that's up to you. But this is the story that God gave me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go ahead and tell it. All right, just all right, just a, just a question. Mm-hmm. Is your brother older or younger Ooh. than you? He's my twin brother, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. He, he's my twin brother. Uh, he is not a Christian, um, and uh, yeah, uh, but but he is equally as much of a uh, of a comic book geek as I am, awesome. and so we constantly have these great conversations about uh, about comics and whatever. And every once in a while, I try to kind of interject some faith in it and whatever. He, he, he never falls for it though, but. <laughs> But, yeah, but, yeah, but, brothers. But, but you know what, though, I know for sure that Dominion cool. is a comic he would read. I absolutely yeah. know for sure. If awesome. He, if he loves Game of Thrones, so he would definitely love Dominion. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really cool. All right, hey, Doctor Bell, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. Oh man, thank you guys. Uh-huh. I really appreciate your your platform. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is something that has been um, a long thing coming for me. And now that it's actually happening, it's just well, great to I am all, to the, all the one for more space opera in our, our Bible study. So please. <laughs> please, please, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So it was great to, to talk with you. Great to hear, you know, kind of what you're doing and greatly look forward to seeing what comes up. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for anyone who is interested in seeing more of Dominion, we're still working on our website, but right now you can see us at, um, on Twitter. It's at Dominion Comic on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. Great. It's at Dominion Comic. That's so good. Yeah, the pictures, the art that we get to see yes, is, is, very uh, cool. is pretty cool. I like it a lot. Well, I usually post um, pretty much regularly, almost daily, uh, new artwork. So the process, you kind of see the process um, as it's coming along. So you'll see pencils, inks, colors, letters, um, and uh, you see it. And I think that in itself is great because just getting a chance to see the process and not just the finished product is fascinating. Oh, absolutely. I, I believe it's very educational. 
Um, there are a lot of artists out there who who would like to know how it's how it's put together, know how it's done. And so, yeah, anyway, I'm always open to anyone who ever has any questions about the process, about tools I use, about storytelling techniques or whatever. Um, you know, that's why I teach comic book club <laughs> uh, classes at, at, the, at school. I even wrote a, uh, a class uh, for sequential art for Liberty University Online. So I really love this stuff. I do it. And yeah, I'm a big fan of, of comics great. in general. That's great. Love it. Um, so, and we are going to have you back on once we get closer to the date when Absolutely. it's out or it comes out. Absolutely. Definitely want you to come back on. And uh, I'm glad you plugged your Twitter because, boy, there is a way to connect with people now who are doing stuff like this in ways that never existed before. And I love it when folks uh, are so Great. connected. Absolutely. So. Um, so, we are at the time when we typically ask the question. What are you geeking out about? So I know you have this, but is there anything else that you're geeking out about, oh, uh, Dr. Um, Bell? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, there are a few things, actually, that I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, great. Go ahead. The <laughs> Mandalorian. Come on, man. Oh, man. I mean, I know I'm a little late to the party, but, man, that is such yeah. a fantastic show. Um, so I'm, I'm all about that. Um I'm not sure if you guys are TV watchers, but um, recently the event Crisis on Infinite Earths. Have you been following that, Brian? I got, I was, um, and then our our TiVo went bonkers, and then there they there was the big uh, sort of mid season break. We're in between. I'm so I have not finished it. You should so. finish it because the the thing that's very interesting to me is the not necessarily the show. The show was okay, but it's the aftermath of things that are happening in the CW universe, which is very uh, intriguing. Very, I won't nice. give any spoilers, but just know that some good stuff is happening. Um, yeah, the, the the way they they're crisscrossing the shows and the universes, it's just really very cool. interesting to me right now. Awesome. Oh, and lastly, sorry, lastly, Star Trek, Star oh, Trek yeah. Picard. If you haven't seen Picard yet, you gotta watch it. It's it's a surprising <laughs> little gem of a show, and the writing is very good. It's very well done. So if you if you got Star Trek fans out there uh, of the next generation <laughs> here, or Voyager, here, here, here. Um, I'm telling you right now, you. Will be pleasantly surprised. It it really is a love letter to the next generation fans. So it's just an awesome little show. Sweet, sweet. Definitely gonna check. It's, been, it's on my list. Uh, check out the the second season of uh, the Star Trek Discovery and then uh, Picard. I'm waiting to get it all at once. Oh man, so. the, you know there are, have been people who have been naysayers who are out there about Star Trek Discovery. I don't listen to them, and please don't listen to them. Because the second season of Discovery was arguably the best. It was so nice. good. It was so, That's so great. good. So, yeah, definitely. And then it, it fits very nicely with Picard, too. So it's like it's they're rebuilding the Roddenberry worlds in a very cool. wonderful way. That, like I said, it, it, it honors the, the source material. It, it honors Roddenberry's dream. Uh, and it just really brings it back in a way that I think that is very relevant to today. But it's it's such a wonderful thing for sci-fi fans. It's just awesome. It's, we live in a great time now. Yeah, agreed. 
great time. Uh, I did catch the first episode of Picard as it was, um, I think it was streaming online for a while on, I think it was on YouTube when it first came out, the, the premiere of Picard. And I was, I was pretty impressed by yeah. it. It was, it was very, very, I mean, like I said, it's a great launch pad to telling different stories that are off the beaten path from your typical next generation or Star Trek stories. Yeah. It's going to be another one of those things that, uh, and it's on CBS, correct? It's CBS all access. And so you have to pay, uh, I think it's five, six bucks, I believe. Um, but you know, what I would do is, you know, you know, if, if I were financially challenged, I would just wait for the whole yeah, season watch to all. finish and, and then pay yep. five yep. ninety nine and then watch them all. And Way to go. <laughs> all right, Sam, what are you geeking out about? I was just saying, I am not geeking out about my computer right now because it's doing all kinds of horrible things. Um, but I, it's interesting that, um, brought up uh, Star Trek and Picard because that's actually what I've been geeking out about. Not Picard, but I've been getting back into watching the uh, classic original uh, Star Trek episodes and and revisiting the movies nice. and stuff like that. So that's been uh, kind of a fun thing. And I, I don't know, Brian has mentioned before uh, about how um, Star Trek just speaks so well to um, social issues and putting those things out in, yeah. in ways and the things that it was dealing with in the 60s are still being dealt with today. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have found a way to um, kind of crystallize right. a current events uh, in, a, in a very, very unique way. Mm -hmm. And they're still doing it. Yep. Every every time someone goes, I don't want politics in my Star Trek. I'm like, have you ever watched Star Trek? <laughs> you might as well go watch Star Wars then, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. I, that's I. I think I've mentioned I've 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 gone back and rewatched it. I have a I have a little project planned, um, but uh, yeah, that's a that is definitely a worthwhile um, it, it endeavor. To go back and, and rewatch so the original easy. series. I mean, there's so, it's on it's on Netflix, oh, it's yes. on Amazon Prime. I think you know it's on so many different platforms that it's easy to pick up and jump in anywhere. And uh, it's yeah, there's so much good stuff in there. Absolutely. And Brian, you Absolutely. before uh, the cataclysm happens again? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So I have mentioned several times uh, that uh, the um, – right, I've been reading uh, N.K. Jemisin's uh, uh, The uh, Fifth Season, part of her Broken Earth cycle, read, and I finished it, uh, which is awesome. I, uh, I finally finished uh, Brandon Sanderson's Oathbringer, which I'm stoked about because it was 1,200 pages of just really uh, multi-threaded uh, stories. Um I, I have read a ton in the in there's and I can't remember if I mentioned that uh, I've uh, on our last episode if I read uh, uh, Anjali Suchdeva's uh, collection of short stories uh, all the names they have for God uh, which is a great uh, collection so just I've been a, reading a ton of stuff and I finally started unbelievably my first 
Drizzt novel by R.A. Salvatore. He, he uh, picked it up for uh, a, uh, a steal, basically, on Amazon one day. Uh, so Timeless by uh, Salvatore, a fairly recent novel, but uh, a good way to jump into this massive catalog of the Drizzt Jordan uh, drow novels that he wrote uh, has has been writing forever. So um, started into that, and I'm kind of excited about entering that little bit of world uh, that has uh, up until now been uh, foreign to me. Very cool. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, well, uh, it is that time to uh, say goodbye. But uh, again, Dr. Bell, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, definitely look forward to yep, having you back awesome. again. Uh, Absolutely. It's been my pleasure, guys. And uh, Sam, do you know what's coming up here real soon? We got to get we got to get things sorted out. Last year, I did uh, the March Insanity uh, for. Uh, in fact, this is I'm we're in March already, so behind the um, I'm 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 a little behind. I am behind, but uh, last year the the greatest Stan Lee character uh, survey we did on Twitter and Facebook, uh, the the tournament, so to speak, and uh, we'll be we'll be putting something up in. Uh, again this year for that as well so cool. uh we'll, we'll start that up and uh, you and i can chat iron man that okay iron iron man one so uh some folks are not happy about that but well, we'll have to see <laughs> so it goes but that'll be coming up and uh uh at any rate then we have um we have uh, theocon coming up yes. in september 19th 2020 registration is live now uh, definitely folks need to check that out at theocon.live. Um, and, uh, um, the, there's not a, uh, full slate of folks, uh, for the speakers or panels yet, but, um, those will be coming and, uh, definitely, um, have a good, uh, a good start on that. Um, have a, that, and that is going to be here in Pittsburgh, Sam. Yes. So looking forward to uh, it. definitely a, a good time uh, for folks to uh, jump in and uh, join us for, over at uh, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on that day. Uh, definitely come check us out. I think Pittsburgh is a great place to have it. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of, a lot of good uh, connections here for us. So uh, anything else, Sam? No, I think that is, that is plenty for one night, I think. All right. Well, if uh, as uh, as always, check with, check with us on Facebook at uh, Church of the Geek and on Twitter at Geek Church. Um, but um, we'd love to hear from you. Love to interact with you. Let us know what you think about uh, the episodes that you've listened to. But uh, that being said, everybody, geek be with you and with your spirit.